Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon. Welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Monday, October the 2nd. Welcome to October, everybody. Beautiful start to the week. Beautiful start to the day. Actually, beautiful start to the month. Um, it's just gorgeous. Fall, gorgeous fall day. Hope everyone's able to enjoy it. Um, on the show today, as we were saying, it is October. Um, and that's the start of the final three months of the year. For those in the fiscal world, the last quarter, uh, you know, the the last hurrah, whatever. But anyway, um, as such, it's also a time when scams and other attempts to get at your money, uh, your personal information and more go way up because we're getting, of course, closer to uh, the holiday season and the giving season. So um, folks tend to let their guards down a little and become more um, giving and things of that nature. Well, you got to be careful about that. Uh, the Better Business Bureau is going to be with us to help you learn uh, what to watch for, you know, how to how to tell bad from good and what you need to do uh, to protect yourselves um, and your families from those uh, scammers uh, who like to come out, uh, especially around this time of the year. This is the start of their season, so we're going to have something for you there. Um, that's going to be in our second hour. Also uh, in our second hour, uh, they work tirelessly for children in the child welfare system, uh, children who uh, cannot speak for themselves and are in the system through no fault of their own. Uh, today, Child Advocates is back with us. More good news about their newly created availability of legal representation, lawyers, um, especially for older kids uh, in the system, free uh, lawyers, free representation. So um, the BBB and Child Advocates, both in our second uh, hour. Right now, at this hour, 317 You want to give us a call, let us know, catch us up on the weekend. Uh, a lot of things uh, going on. Um, a lot of things about to go on um, uh, while we're waiting for the phone calls to come in. Um, just a, a couple of quick reminders. Um, of course, coming up this Sunday uh, right here on AM 1310, 95.1 FM, WTLC, FM, Hot 100.9, and our website. Um, a live mayoral debate uh, between the incumbent Democratic Mayor Joe Hoxett and his GOP challenger Jefferson Shreve. We've been talking about it, um, and so we're in the, the final countdown to, to the big event. Uh, the debate is being brought to you, of course, courtesy of Radio 1, the Indianapolis Recorder, and the African American Coalition of Indianapolis. Um, uh, the debate is going to focus on issues of importance to the African-American community, of course, uh, as well as to the city of Indianapolis at large. Now, um, as our regional VP and GM, Dion Levingston, uh, pointed out the other day when he was in, I believe it was, yeah, he was here Friday, issues that affect the city also impact and intersect uh, 
uh, with the black community because it's where we reside, it's where we live. So, um, yes, issues uh, of importance to the African-American community, uh, issues of importance to Indianapolis because we are the um, African-American community. So uh, we are planning quite a comprehensive uh, exchange. Um now, immediately after the debate, we're planning a roundtable discussion with a group of likely voters who will watch the debate and will share their thoughts after the debate as well. So that's immediately after. Um, I mean, you know, once the debate concludes, we'll say a couple of uh, uh, words, you know, a couple of things here, wrap up, uh, and then we'll just launch uh, right into uh, the roundtable. Uh, Sunday, evening's, Sunday evening's debate, the debate coming up this Sunday, uh, is going to be moderated by our very own Cameron Riddle and Oshia Boyd, editor-in-chief of the Indiana News Initiatives. Now, Oshia and Cameron will moderate the debate. The post-debate roundtable uh, with likely voters um, who have watched the debate and want to reflect on what they just saw, uh, that is going to be hosted by me. Yep, yours truly. Um, and that'll start, as I said, immediately... Um, after the debate between uh, Joe Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve uh, ends. Um, so that'll be at 6 o'clock. The debate is 5 o'clock. It's one hour. Uh, and then right after that, uh, 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to have the post-debate roundtable uh, with a group of likely voters. And we are planning to put together... Uh, uh, likely voters that are Democrat, likely voters that are Republicans, and likely voters who are um, independents. Uh, we want to, you know, we, you know, we just want a wide demographic, so hopefully we can get that um, all sorted out and, and nailed down, and, and can let you know a little bit more by uh, by midweek. <laughs> So, again, the debate is going to be both broadcast on our Radio 1 stations, WTLC AM and FM, Hot 100.9, and live-streamed on our respective websites. Uh, it'll also be live-streamed on the Recorder's Facebook page. Um, a reminder that James Patterson shared with us last week, with everyone last week, another reminder here. Um, we, and we'll remind you about the debate again before um, we take off. Um, our lines are open right now for whatever's on your mind. Anything from the weekend, anything uh, going on nationally, although we can get to that in just a second. You know, there's some mess in Washington, D.C. right now. They're trying to throw out um, the Speaker of the House, although that's a, that's a mess of his own making, uh, Kevin McCarthy. But anyway, uh, last week, uh, James Patterson uh, shared with us and reminded us um, that another public hearing is going to be held tonight on a request for a rate hike by AES Power, the AES Power Company. They want to raise your rates. They want to take them up there. Uh, they're asking uh, the state of Indiana to approve an increase in its base rate, an increase they say uh, would be about $17 more uh, to the average customer's monthly bill. That's what, that's what we all need, right? Uh, a whole lot more on our electricity bills, which are just my electricity bill makes no sense whatsoever. It has quadrupled, quadrupled, and they want more money. Um, not to mention all of these power outages and things of that nature that they've had people that have not had power for days at a time. Now, part of their uh, claim is that they need this increase uh, to uh, improve equipment and, and, and help 
to keep things like the five-day power outages and stuff like that from happening again. But uh, when you look at what they're asking for, they're asking to approve an increase in its base rate. Uh, but some of the advocacy groups, like the Citizens Action Coalition, are saying AES is totally misleading the public, um, that the actual increase based on AES's numbers would be closer to just over $23 a month, over $23 a month. So again, uh, IURC, the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission, will take public comments tonight. This is your chance to say what you think, will ha what you want. You know, do you want AES or do you want them not to be able? If you don't want them to uh, to be able to raise their rates, go ahead and have your voices heard. Uh, it's going to be at 6 o'clock, New Augusta North Public Academy, 6450 Rotobar Road. That's on the city's northwest side. It's located about a mile, maybe two. Uh, I don't know, but somewhere in the mile or two mile uh, range uh, just west just west of the intersection of 71st and Michigan Road. So if you can't make it in person, you can, um, uh, the IURC is taking written comments until October the 6th. But tonight is public comments. Um, uh, if you want to email your comments, you can go to uccinfo at OUCC.in.gov, or you can mail them to OUCC Public Comments, 115 West Washington Street, Suite 1500 South, uh, Indianapolis 46204. Uh, Sky, is there a way that you can drop this on our website? Uh, I think so. I, yeah, Sky's usually pretty good about that, so we'll make sure that we get that on our website if you didn't hear everything that I was saying, uh, praiseindy.com. 317-239-1310 well a couple of a couple of other things but there's some there's some callers online so we'll go to the we'll go to the phone lines uh catch up on what's uh what's been going on what do you think uh charlie go ahead how are you the mayor's race charlie are you there hello charlie is Charlie not there? Charlie wanted to comment on the mayoral race. Uh, well, Charlie, if you're if you can hear us, um, we can't hear you, but if you can hear us, uh, please give us a call back. Maybe you've got a bad uh, connection. Not sure. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Don't you just love technology? I do. Uh, you never know uh, what's going to happen. Uh, but again, that uh, that AES thing, um, Citizens Action Coalition uh, is a big watchdog group, and they do fight on behalf of consumers, but they need consumers to help as well. So if you can, if, you, if at all possible, try to get over there or send somebody over there for you because this... Uh, this increase in rates uh, and nothing to show for it um, is, is is just ridiculous. I just don't understand. I mean, they've already they already just basically raised rates without. Uh, anyway, Sam, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How are you? Hi. Uh, li listen. Um, uh, can you also, after I give my comment, repeat mm -hmm. very slowly? where it's going to be that meeting today at 6 p.m. Um, remember when I called in because the street light had been out since that big storm the end of June? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Remember that? Okay, yeah. I called my counselor. Uh, nothing happened. I finally, about a couple of weeks ago, this guy was, and he wasn't in an AS uh, truck, 
but it looked like it's on maybe his own company. And he was going toward the backyard, and just so happened I was home. And I said, hey, why are you here? And he said, I'm here. I, I came to check the light that was supposed to be out, but it's not. I said, I said, the light that is out in front. I always said the front light, the street light beside the fire hydrant mm-hmm. between my yard and the other yard. So he said, oh, my goodness. He told me there's such a big turnaround of the customer service people. You can't hardly keep anybody. But as, And he, he fixed it for me. He said, this is easy. It was just something knocked and he fixed it. He said, do you know what the AES is? And I said, what? I, I don't know. He said, did you know that this company uh, that I'm working for, their quarters is in A? Okay. I said, okay, so it's in Atlanta? No. Uh, Arizona? Uh, no. The A stands for Argentina. The parent company is a company in South America. It's in Argentina. So why in the world? Oh, I want to be there. Uh, why in the world do we have ITL gone, the AES? Why is it that there is a country in South America controlling Indianapolis's electricity? Hello? Something in this milk ain't white. Hmm. I am not familiar with that, San. So it's an Argentine company that is the parent company. Yeah, Argentine. He worked for, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to say the name, but he didn't give me a name. He said, he said, um, you see, I'm contracted out. He said, I've been here twice. And he said, and they kept telling me that it was a security light in the back. I said, I said, it's the street light beside the fire hydrant. He said, the turnover of customer services like crazy. But he said, oh, yeah, this this company is not in the United States. It's in Argentina. I'm like, really? Are you serious? He said, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Wow. I'm serious. And that- all he had to do, Tina, all he had to do was there was one little thing that was out. He didn't have to change anything. He said it was real simple. Didn't I cost didn't, you anything, though, right? No, mm. no, because it was a street light. But he said he'd been out twice to check the backlight, my security light. I said, I never said mm. security light. I said, do you see a, a fire hydrant in my backyard? Do you? He said, no. He said, he said that morale is bad. People just you know, leaving left and right back, he said, but you, he said the company's in Argentina. Parent, Why the, is, parent, the parent company is in Argentina. Parent, that's what the A stands for, Argentina. What's the full, okay, let me let me look here. I don't, he, he said, but they may have changed it, but he said the parent company, the company headquarters is in the country, Argentina. Hmm. Yeah. It says the AES Corporation is an American utility and power generation company. It owns and operates power plants. Hold on. 
uh, owns and operates, which it uses to generate and sell electricity to end users and intermediaries like you did. AES is headquartered in Arlington, Virginia, and is one of the world's leading power companies generating and distributing electrical power in 15 countries and employing 10,500 people. AES Corporation is a global Fortune 500 power mm. company. Mm. Ranks in the top 10 of fast up. So, um, he said, but he said the main the main headquarters is in Argentina. That's what he said. It says it's formerly the Applied Energy Services Inc and trades on the New York Stock Exchange. Is AES Industry Energy founders Roger Sants, Dennis Blake, headquarters Arlington, Virginia, worldwide. Mm. Uh, electricity revenue, twelve point six one seven billion in twenty twenty two. I wouldn't right. doubt since this is a global company. I wouldn't doubt that there is a uh, in Argentina. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that, but it looks like it's uh, it's it's a U.S. company that is a worldwide provider of power. Um, it, that's what it says here on the web. Now, hmm. what's the symbol? What's the it it, it trades on the U.S. U.S. stock exchange? What's the symbol? Is it AES? Hold on, just a second. It just uh, New York Stock Exchange AES and then DJUA. A-E-S-D-J-U-A. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. S&P 500 uh, Energy. Um, yeah, if you find out more. Again, I don't, I'm don't. i not doubting what the what worker told you um, in terms of an, an Argentine connection, but basically how they present. They present uh, as uh, headquarters in Arlington, Virginia. They present as... Uh, hold on, let me see. Here it goes. Major... AES is not. Hold on, come on. Where do you say? Yeah, I again. I'm not uh, major properties and subsidiaries. Subsidiaries. Hmm. Let me see. You said AES. It trades AES DJUA. Yeah, that's what it says here. Hold on. Let me see what I have. Okay. Uh, Applied Energy Service Corporation, which stands for Applied Energy Service, acquired. Yeah, they acquired mm -hmm. IPL. AES has said, yep, yep, yep. So somebody, uh, a, a, a listener, um, a listener just um, actually, yeah, he, he just repeated what I just read. Uh, okay. So thank you. So, no, I don't see, but again, I don't doubt that they may have a subsidiary in uh, Argentina, okay. but it doesn't stand for Argentina Energy Services, no. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm just saying that their service is, you know, horrible. It is horrible. Now, I, that, there you go. Yeah, it, that light that was out in the city light mm -hmm. that was out on during that June storm, end of June, it just got fixed about a couple of weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> just <sighs> got fixed about a couple of weeks. But ago. they want more money. They want more and money. They want more money for what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For what? Um, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, if, oh, you wanted the, um, the address is 6450 Rotaball, and four it's... 450, that, is that R... R-O-D-E... R-O-D-E... B, is in boy, A-U-G-H. A-U-G-H, okay. Uh-huh. And that's today at 6? 
uh, today at 6, and it's 64450 Rotobah. And it, like I said, it's... 6450 Rotobah. It's a school. It's a school. Okay. And it's called the New Augusta Public Academy North. My kids went there, and that's why I know where it is. New, New Augusta Academy North. Yeah, my two, Academy North. Okay. two young adults. I mean, they're almost 30. But anyway, they went there. And uh, Rotobah is about, well, I'm thinking of, of, of not more than two miles, but maybe a little bit more than a mile just west. Just west. It's west. West yeah. Yeah, it's just west of seventy first and Michigan Road. Okay, okay. Because my daughter lives. Uh, one of my daughters lives in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that street kind of. It's kind of a side street. I mean, it's not a main thoroughfare. It's just right. a. Uh, it's a short right. street. It's got a short shoot. But uh, there's New yeah. Augusta Academy South, which is the elementary school, and then there's New Augusta Academy North, which is the middle school. And okay. uh, North is, uh, yeah, the the one that's you know, northernmost on that street, so I <laughs> call it north. Oh, one, one more thing, Tina, I wanted uh -huh. to share with everybody that okay. I was doing some research. I think President Biden is trying to get solar energy to people, and I, I think there's something I was reading. I, I, I had to do some more research, but I wrote it down. He's trying to get solar energy for people's homes, for, for, for you know, the lower, you know, for you know, people that don't have a lot of money, and I think he's putting some things together in terms of some companies mm -hmm. he wants to set in place. I say, folk, you know what? Hey, let's use the sun. Let's do solar energy, y'all, and let the sun, you know, uh, pay for our electric bill because when if the if the solar panels generate energy, it goes back to the electricity comp the electric company, and guess what? We get a credit. I, I remember researching that a while back. Mm -hmm. But let's 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 look into what solar. Look up Biden's plan and and see when that's going to be enacted in Indiana. And let's just dag on go solar and AES and do whatever they want to with their electricity. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> solar done. solar is very appealing, Sam. Thank you. Uh, but uh, to the best of my knowledge and my quick research here, um, in addition to a couple of folks calling in and emailing in, uh, AES looks like it's headquartered in Arlington, Virginia, but it does serve worldwide um, uh, power, uh, provides power worldwide. So um, it is stands for uh, Applied Energy Services, Inc. Well, that's the former. Now it's just AES, I guess. Instead of Applied Energy Services, they say AES or what have you. I don't know. But anyway, headquartered in Arlington, Virginia, or like D.C. 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Again, if you want to go and have your voice heard, tell them whether you want a rate hike or not. I cannot imagine anybody saying, oh, yeah, 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 rate, you know, raise my rates, which are already high as the sky anyway. Go ahead. I want you to raise rates. No, get out there and voice your opposition uh, and let it be known that this is just this is highway robbery this is ridiculous and thanks again uh, tremendously to the citizens action coalition uh, which is flushing some things out um, on behalf of citizens and um, you know found some disingenuous massaging of the numbers um, that uh, basically uh, were presented as $17 a month more and um, uh, according to Citizens Action Coalition, it's in excess of $23 um, a month more, in addition to what they've already raised it to now. Uh, because there's no way, I, I just don't understand why power costs that much. I mean, you know, and then they want to raise it even more. So, um, 
seems like there should be a better way to mitigate some of that cost for your customers. Uh, but it's a monopoly, and you know how the utilities are, and you know how that goes. 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Uh, as I was saying, uh, a lot of things going on in the nation's capital. We did uh, narrowly uh, avert a government shutdown, which we were barreling into when we left. Uh, last spoke with you on uh, Saturday, I mean on Friday, Saturday, the, the shutdown was averted. Um, and now <laughs> the piper has to be paid, according to the Republicans. Republicans are a hot mess, I'm telling you, in Washington, D.C., because now they want to get rid of their Speaker of the House. Uh, they're trying to get rid of him, at least one Republican is. But he made the deal that, you know, it could be done easily uh, if someone wanted to. And so they're trying. But anyway, uh, there's that. Um, also, the uh, the young man who was shot several times in his grandmother's driveway has filed a suit. He's filed a lawsuit today uh, against the city, police chief, and some other. We'll get to that in just a bit, too. Uh, right now, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Jeff, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I had a good weekend until yesterday. Uh, what happened yesterday? I'm sorry. The Colts. Oh, you know what, though? They, I mean, Jeff, that was that was here. I, I look at the Colts this year as um, work in progress. A work in pro. I do. I really do. And I'm telling you, there was some good things to see. You know, there was some. As always, when you have a rookie quarterback, they're gonna and the play calling. Some of it was a little head scratching, but I the Colts look like they can handle their business. I mean, Anthony Richardson looks like he can handle his business, and well, I think he is going to be something. Uh, give him a few more games and another. Well, I mean, sure. he's, he's going to be the guy. So I I'm not expecting a big win loss record for the. It was disappointing. It's always disappointing when the home team loses, especially at home. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. But Jeff, I, I, I kind of liked what I saw out of them. Like, you know, the well, defense yeah. took a while to get warmed up, but... Well, you know, they they could have pulled that off, but it was a, you know it was just some bad decisions on some of the players and oh yeah yeah not you know yeah. you know and they got to get over that you know keep shooting themselves in the foot you know and yeah. uh, and, and you know these these poor you know thinking about some of these players that one penalty you know came oh. back to haunt them yeah and. But, Jay, but, but hey, Jeff, we had we had a couple of the real deal. We had a couple of really good. It wasn't penalties, but there were two catches ruled as a catch that were both overturned that really put us in the driver's seat as well. And we weren't right. able to capitalize on that. We weren't able to capitalize on that that late game interception uh, or or the two. But but he was rolling. I mean, Anthony Richardson was rolling. He he kept it going. And I I, I just think that a more seasoned uh, accomplished team uh, that is uh, and and we still need a few more pieces as well. Oh sure. Uh, oh we, sure yeah. and uh and and they gotta get a killer instinct. You know, they 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 had their quarterback on the ropes and they just should have finished him off, but they did and they let him yeah. get back in the game and I think Richardson's got it though. I don't know. He's, he's, he's got it. He's got, got a it. fire. He wants to win. Oh yeah, absolutely and I got the and you know they, they you know they had to 
you know, they need a few missing pieces, but mm-hmm. I think they'll rectify that. But Well, let me ask you this. I, I, I like what I see. Yeah, yeah, well, I do, too. I, I I was like, you know, I was of course I watched and I was like, oh, man, wow, I wish we could have won. But I'm smiling. Hey, what do you... I, the other thing I think that would have made a huge difference yesterday is if Jonathan Taylor would have been in there to soften up. Yes, that, oh, yes, yes, yes. Goodness yes, gracious. Yes. Zach, I don't know now, what Zach Moss, I don't, I don't know if it's the coach not honoring their end of the deal or or Jonathan Taylor just being greedy. I don't know. I, I don't know. This, it, I, I hope they get it straightened out, but. I don't know, but he could have made a difference. He really could have I think made. he could have, and for whatever reason, he simply just does not want to be here, and I'll Let give, him go. Well, what's his name? Doesn't want him to go. He said, we want him here, and we want to make it right. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh, we'll make it right. You know, give it, you know. Give him his money. Give him his money, and, you know, let's, let's get to the playoff. Yeah. But you know what, Tina? You know, I know you heard the old saying, be careful about what you wish for. Mm-hmm. That applies to Kevin McCarthy. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're we're now we're going back to the nation's capital, the D.C. Uh, and as as get, uh, Gates uh, uh, filed the the motion to to get rid of him, to kick him out of his chair yet? Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, he yeah, has. Yeah. He has. Okay. Yeah, Matt Gates, a real model citizen, a man who hangs out with sex traffickers and likes dating teenage girls, and you know this this guy's got about as much integrity as a as a tomcat, mm-hmm. you know. So who's Matt Gates? I mean, Matt Gates, you know, I don't want to hear no more about family values or, yeah. or, 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 or 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 none of that crap by the Republicans because that's gone. That's gone. And now Donald Trump's in New York City facing the music because he's a, a horrible businessman, a grifter, a, a career white-collar criminal. So, you know, what happened to the party of law and order, family values? What happened to all that, Tina? What, how, about you, how about the Democrats were the criminals and the, and, the, and, the, and the weirdos and the, and, the, and the sex addicts? You know, but now what happened to all that? What happened to the party of law and order and family values? Well, you know what happened, and he's sitting in a courtroom right now. One of many. Yeah. Oh, did you what he called uh, Letitia James? Yeah, he said she was racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking she's a mean black woman. Oh, I didn't hear him say that. She's a mean. Well, you're a mean white man, so whatever. So. Well, yeah, he's a sick, evil uh, white man, you know. So, but people like Dave and Mike Braun, they love him. He's a crook. You know, you know, what's the old saying? Birds of the same feather flock together. And some of these Negroes out here, some of here locally, they love that grifter too. So I ain't got no use for them either, though, Tina. But Kevin McCarthy, you know, you be careful about yeah. what you wish well, for. Be careful what you ask for because you'll just get it. And he sold his and, soul and to the he, devil to get it. He probably, I don't know if they kick him out, but the Democrats have a good point because he needs their help to, yeah, to maintain. And not a single you know, one of them trust him because they say he doesn't keep his word. He bends, yeah, you, know, you know, like he's a, a liar. And yeah, a he's, yeah, yeah. So they said he's going to have to do something. We're not trusting his word. I'm, we're not going to take what he says. He's going to have to do something. And there was one, uh, they, one was quoted, I forget who it was, but was quoted and said, yeah, McCarthy's going to have to come correct. And, he, and if he wants us, I'm not cheap. I, I do not work. I'm not cheap. So meaning you're going to have to really get up off of some stuff if you want my help. So, you know, I don't work cheap. I don't come cheap. But so. well, well, McCarthy has no integrity. No, and no, no intention of doing the right thing. Uh-uh. And, you know, it's all about self-gratification. And, you know, uh, 
Matt Gates, Kevin McCarthy, Donald Trump, Mike Braun, and mm-hmm. all these guys deserve each other. They all they all deserve each. They, 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 the white evangelicals they all deserve each other. And, well, they may all go uh, down they, with the ship. I don't know. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah, this yeah. So he called the, he called Letitia James a mean black woman. He said the, those exact words. I have to look that up. I, I know he yeah. said she was racist. I didn't hear. Yeah, that. I heard that one too. I but a mean black woman, huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness! He need, he's really getting close. He's getting closer, isn't he? Remember, I said a long time the walls, ago. The walls, the walls are closing. The walls. He's are closing getting in. close to uttering it. He's getting close to verbalizing it, articulating he, the word. Yeah, he, he, he will. He, yeah, he, he wants to say it. He really mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. He wants to say it. So, uh, so where's Larry Elder and Harris Faulkner and uh, Jason Whitlock at? You know, where, where, where are they at? You know that they worship a bigot. These black Republicans, mm-hmm. they worship a bigot, and you got a few of them in, in Indianapolis that worship this 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 bigot. I haven't seen. Let me see. Did did he say that today? I don't know. I heard some some radio talk. He's going doing some podcast <sighs> with some local right winger. I know he keeps calling her racist. I've not heard him say she's a mean uh, black racist, woman. Racist, reverse racist, or something. Yeah. Like, what is a reverse racist? I mean, that's a that's a. Mm. New one on me. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, uh, she's sitting on the right side of the, the, the table in the courtroom. He's sitting on the wrong one, so let's see. Hmm. She can be as mean as she wants to be. She's in the right, um, you know, she's on the right side of the law. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, they, you know, somebody this morning, and I was sharing this on a, with a friend, and I could not agree more. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it was some comment, and I had never seen him before. He was on Morning Joe, and he said the media journalists need to stop interviewing Trump and start covering him. Meaning, that he said there's nothing new under the sun in terms of what he says when you put a microphone in front of him. He's not going to say, he's going to have the, the same list of grievances, he's going to have the same, 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 same stuff. Start covering what a Trump administration is, look, what the damage that as a result of Trump being here, there, and there. And I couldn't agree more. Stop interviewing him and start covering oh. him. But, oh, I know what I want to say, Jenna, and I'll hang up with this. Yeah. You know, I read somewhere that one of the reasons why the Republicans want this, the, the government to shut down so we can just send everything in chaos mm-hmm. because they got this theory that a strong man, a dictator, would come in and clean everything up, you know. and ah, you know, once, well. Yeah, that, you know, that we're that, uh, you know, put it into all this social program, just let everything fall into anarchy and some strong dictator you know republicans want a dictatorship that's what it's all about they want a dictatorship mm, well the heck with the constitution well that's that's they, clear the heck with the constitution i mean yeah, that's clear you know let's, let's just maintain white male privilege you know oh, well. and you know all you people of color better get in line and you white women you better get in line too you know it's all about us white guys you know and mm. it with Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and John Hancock put together some 200-plus years ago. You know, we, know we, we, we want a patriarchal society, yeah. and, and that's what they want. 
Yep. All right, Jeff. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to keep an eye up. Thank you. Thank you very much for your call, as always, and glad you had a good weekend. Um, I'm going to keep an eye. Um, well, it'll keep an eye on me because my push alerts come about uh, to see what's uh, what's going on um, in a lot of places. Like I was saying, the, uh, the young man, Mr. Macklin, has filed a, a lawsuit against the city police department chief of police for um, the injuries he sustained. Uh, when police opened fire uh, when he was sitting in his grandmother's driveway last uh, New Year's Eve. We'll be back with more Community Connection. If you're on the line, stay right there. Uh, Lines are still open, 317-239-1310. We'll be right back and go to the phone lines right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Open lines for another 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, then we're going to go into our guest. Uh, 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Uh, as I was saying, um, our good colleague and friend James Patterson reminded us last week, and I want to remind everyone uh, now, today, public hearing. Uh, the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission is hosting a public hearing tonight. Tonight at 6 o'clock. Um, and they're soliciting public input regarding a request made by AES asking the state to approve an increase in its base rate, uh, an increase uh, that they say would be $17 an hour. I'm sorry, $17 a month more. Uh, advocacy groups like Citizens Action Coalition say no. It's going to be more like $23.60-some cents more a month if approved. So they want public input, so please feel free to show up in person. Please make it a point. San said she's going. Uh, it's at the New Augusta North Public Academy. It's a middle school uh, out on the northwest side, uh, 6450 Rotobar Road, 6450 Rotobar Road, um, as a point of uh contact so to speak where where you know you can get, if you get in the vicinity of uh, 71st and Michigan Road it's about a mile be, between 1 and 2 miles just west of that intersection okay uh, 6450 Rotobar Road and you can um, access it i mean yeah you can access it off of Michigan Road you can also access it off of i think 62nd Street i'm not sure anyway um that's tonight at six o'clock. So please, if you're if you're able, go out there and uh, let them know what you think um, about raising rates again, 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 again. Uh, the uh, other thing um, was talking about. Um, I was just sharing with everyone that uh, the. Um, well, we know that the officers were indicted. We reported that last week. They were indicted after shooting, um, you know, the young man who was sleeping in his car uh, in his uh, in his grandmother's driveway. Well, he and his family have filed uh, have filed suit. They filed a lawsuit uh, against the police department, the city, and the chief. And so there we have that. So we'll see um, how that goes. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Brother man, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Tina, I hope you're having a good day. I am. I am. How are you? You having a good one? Yeah, I was thinking we always have problems with the uh, electric people, if it ain't the electric or the gas. Mm -hmm. And then we got all these crazy people down there to, uh, running for elections. And uh, mm -hmm. Jonathan Sweet 
He, uh, oh, Jefferson Shreve, yeah. Jefferson Shreve, mm-hmm. sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> you know what? We all know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he he uptight with uh, Trump them because he's in with ARA. Mm-hmm. NRA, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is either vote or let them run over us. <laughs> you know what, though, brother man, there is nothing that's that all we got. That's all we got. Yeah. And another thing, before I get off here, all this crime they blaming it on Joe, and Joe ain't pulled no triggers. And the thing about it. Our people, all these years we've been free, they still acting a fool, killing each other. Why? I want to know why black people are killing black people. And these white folks are, are kissing up to a used-to-be president that ain't nothing but a racist white boy. John, that's what he is. He is. 45 is a racist white boy. That's all he is. I've seen it years and years. I'm 81 years old. I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Well, he has a he has a pretty widespread appeal, that's for sure. He has a pretty widespread appeal. But you can't pay uh, your taxes when you want to. Uh, no. No. Nope. You can't... Uh, Say your house is worth more than it's worth. True. So mm-hmm. why is it that they keep on putting up him in that uh, white nation or whatever they call him? It's not. It's not even sensible. And then you got these black preachers. They say they preachers, but they ain't doing nothing but collecting money off their own people, and it ain't doing nothing for them. And that's all they're doing. They they just collecting money off their own people and lying to them for Johnson Sweep or whatever his first name is. And that's a shame. They're going to get that back. Like my grandma told me, whatever you do, at the end, you're going to get it back. Him, oh, oh boy, on TV yesterday, uh, I forget his name, the heavy set guy and the one they call a doctor. Them guys ain't no preachers. They're not preachers. I'm telling you what I know. Okay. Misusing mm-hmm. black people, misusing <laughs> and getting their money. Mm. Every Sunday, they're getting their money, and every Wednesday, they're getting their money and laughing. That's all they're doing. Yeah, well, I don't know. There are, there's some good ones out there, brother man, that are really doing the yeah, work. I know you can tell the fruit by its vine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Look, look at what's going on with the other churches and how big they are. Well, what do you mean? All right, Jeffrey Allen Johnson got three new ch- new churches. There's three campuses, yes. Yeah. And these other guys, they barely getting it together, but it's steady talking against their own people's rights. You got rights to get something out of this government mm. downtown, and you know you can't get nothing out of the state because you got a Republican 
takeover down there. And they and the only reason why they got a Republican takeover, all of your surrounding counties are Republicans. They don't want to see the inner city make it until they come back. Yeah. And they coming back. Yeah. Yep, they Well, we'll see. That's we will true. see. All righty. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. All right. Uh, let me speak. Thank you, brother man. Appreciate it. And again, as I was saying, the uh, the young man whose uh, body was uh, riddled with bullets um, uh, has uh, filed a federal lawsuit against uh, uh, the chief, the city officers. Um, the um, he's he's been recovering for several months after he was shot by police on New Year's Eve in his uh, grandmother's driveway. Uh, is uh, is filed suit. And so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, the um, the government shutdown, as we were saying, was averted. Uh, some some politics uh, that uh, McCarthy, the, the the leader of the House of Representatives, is apparently paying for now, uh, because there is now a measure underway uh, to just take him out. Uh, there's nowhere, I, I don't think there's anybody else in mind that the Republicans have, but they just want to punish him. They want to punish him because he worked with Democrats uh, to keep the government open so that um, uh, families and children and uh, the military and uh, everyone else could be taken care of and wouldn't be unduly harmed by a, uh, by a shutdown. He, he, he did what he was supposed to do, frankly, keep the government running. He did what he was supposed to do. And sometimes that entails, uh, most of the time it entails reaching across the aisle. And uh, uh, the MAGA Republicans, the extremist Republicans didn't like it, don't like it, and they're going to make him pay for it. So um, on a brighter note, on a much brighter note, um, what is, take a few minutes and say congratulations to the Indiana Fever's um, uh, Aaliyah Boston, um, as accolades just keep coming in, um, Aaliyah Boston, uh, she is a, you know, first and foremost, uh, and I, you know, you, you probably watched her. She's from South Carolina, uh, under the tutelage of, of the great Don Staley, uh, another, uh, uh, just another tremendous figure in, in, uh, women's basketball, women's sports, um, she just molds these young ladies into just, you know, great, not only great ball players, but great citizens and great people. Uh, and um, in fact, she demands, uh, she demands that, I think, uh, but does it in, in, a, in a wonderful way. Well, anyway, in addition to being um, just an absolutely fantastic person, she works in the community. I mean, she got here, rolled up her sleeves and jumped right in. Well, uh, the accolades for Leah Boston, uh, uh, just keep coming in. Uh, last now, last month, um, she was named the AP Associated Press Rookie of the Year. This past season, uh, she broke a number of WNBA league records. She broke a number of Indiana Fever franchise records. Uh, she was a rookie All Star starter. Okay, so the All Star game, uh, the you know the the WNBA All Star game. She she was obviously uh, chosen for the WNBA All-Star Game. Uh, she made the All-Star Game as a rookie, but she was a starter as a rookie, which is even more rare. Um, the first rookie All-Star Game starter for the Indiana Fever, and the only one since who you know who? 
Tamika Catchings. Uh, <laughs> Tamika, Hall of Famer, of course, uh, but uh, in the making anyway. Uh, the first uh, rookie all-star game starter for the Fever. Well, today, today, Aaliyah Boston was unanimously named the WNBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, unanimous, not one vote against her. She, unanimous decision. Uh, and this was a 60-member media panel. And I'm going to tell you, you get 60 members of sports media or media in general uh, to agree on the same thing. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. It just doesn't happen. So this young lady is well on her way. Uh, she becomes only the second Fever player to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, can you guess who the first one was? Well, the only one to this point. Of course, again, being the great Tamika Catchings. Are you starting to see um, a connection here? Aaliyah Boston is the real deal. Um, we knew Tamika was. We had heard Aaliyah was. And she certainly is just stepping right up to the plate. Uh, she led all WNBA rookies in scoring. Uh, with an average of 15.8 points a game. There are veterans who don't average 15 points. Um, that's basically 16 points a game, right? Uh, she racked up 335 total rebounds, 50 block shots. Her total scoring, 578 points, was second only to, guess who? Tamika Catchings for the Fever. Tamika the Great. <laughs> you know, we call her the Great. Tamika's still out there working in the community, uh, doing, she, she's just a fantastic person as well. Now, Tamika did not go to South Carolina. Uh, you know, of course, she was um, uh, coached by the great Pat Summit, uh, but um, in, at Tennessee, the University of Tennessee. But Pat, uh, but uh, uh, Don, uh, Pat, all great. Um, Great ball players, great coaches, uh, just just among the best. Now, the only thing um, Aaliyah Boston was not able to do, uh, she was not able to lead the uh, the Fever to the playoffs this year. But uh, she did help them win eight more games than they won last year, um, and she helped set up a solid foundation for next year. So, uh, the Fever improved their game total record by eight more wins. That is a heck of a burden. That's a heck of a thing for a rookie to be able to do. Rookies are supposed to make mistakes. They're not supposed to break records hand over fist like that. I mean, they're just not. Um, they're supposed to learn, and as they learn, they're supposed to grow into this lady hit the ground running. This young lady hit the ground running. Anyway, uh, the Fever, uh, to the best of my knowledge, and Danny Bridges can tell us more, but I believe they're going to draft first again this year. Their record wasn't as, uh, you know, so anyway, they're going to be able to draft first this year or quite high, depending. I don't know if there'll be any pre-draft pre trades for 2024. Um and uh, from all indications, the way things are lining up is the Fever drafting first and taking the projected number one pick, uh, the sharpshooter from the University of Iowa, Caitlin Clark. Uh, Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston's names have been in <laughs> in all of the sporting world for, uh, you know, just, just throughout their entire collegiate career. So if uh, Caitlin Clark, who's expected to be the number one pick in the 2024 draft, uh, the Fever expected to take the number one pick in the 2024 draft. Uh, if Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston join forces, um, they could make a great run for another WNBA championship uh, that would be brought right back here uh, to the city of Indianapolis, which hasn't been done since who? 
Tamika catching. So I know, I know Aaliyah Boston is not Tamika. They're they're completely different players, completely different style, but so, so very much alike uh, in their, their sense that they are such good, good human beings, good people, uh, an amazing uh, basketball talent, and a fun, dedicated will uh, to win. So I think the Fever fans and, and the city of Indianapolis, you're in for a treat um, after this, after the next draft, because I think uh, the Fever are going to draft quite well, and I think it's all going to gel, and there could be another uh, WNBA championship coming back uh, to the city of Indianapolis soon. So congratulations, uh, unanimous choice for WNBA Rookie of the Year, the Indiana Fever's Aaliyah Boston. And we'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And welcome back to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby here. We're heading into our second hour of Community Connection on this Monday, October the 2nd, the first Monday of the month of October. What a beautiful day. I keep saying it. Just absolutely beautiful. Again, I hope everyone's uh, able to uh, get out and enjoy it. I think the weather's going to cool off a little bit, become more seasonal. But for now, hey, I love it. Um, as we were saying at the top of the show, you may have heard... Uh, this discussion before, but it's important, so it bears repeating. We're sharing it again. Um, as you may know, Child Advocates is currently the only organization in the state of Indiana offering free attorneys. These are free attorneys, uh, legal Free attorneys uh, for children who are in the child welfare system, uh, children who are in the system through no fault of their own. Well, that development has been called a game changer in so many ways, especially for older children uh, in the system. And the model um, is getting uh, national attention. Uh, here now with us to explain more are Cindy Booth, Child Advocates CEO, Phyllis Armstrong, Child Advocates VP of Program Operations, and Rachel Valensky, Child Advocates Director of Direct Representation Program of the Direct Representation Program. Uh, ladies, welcome back to Community Connection. So happy to have you here with us. Um, Thank you. Especially you, Cindy, because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to have you much longer. You're moving on. <laughs> well, I'm moving on to whatever is my next chapter, but, you know, 30 years is, I think, long enough, don't you? <laughs> well, for selfish reasons, no. <laughs> uh, there are so many strong leaders at Child Advocates. I think it'll be great. People like yeah. Phyllis and Rachel will carry on, and, yeah. um, you know, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah, you, you've laid such a, you leave such a wonderful legacy, and you've laid such tremendous foundation and, and you know, such groundwork for everyone to continue the work. I just I just think it's, it's absolutely amazing. So we, we heartily tell you congratulations. On your next chapter, can we give her a round of applause? I mean, that's it seems like that's the least we can do. We'll miss her so much. Yes, we're gonna miss her. We're gonna miss her tremendously. But I, you know what? I got a feeling Cindy's gonna find. Cindy, you're gonna find a hole. You're not gonna sit still. I know that. Yes, my sons have warned me that I will not be sitting still. Oh, okay. Yes, that's a that's a smart thing. But here's the thing. One of the things that's happened over the years with leadership is we always tried to figure out how we can make a child's life better. Uh -huh. And the two ladies that we have here today with us, Rachel and Phyllis, have 
certainly always had that in them, and it, I think even more so because they've been allowed to do that here at Child Advocates. What can we do to improve this child's life? And so I have no doubt that things will go on in the excellent way that we've always tried to do for kids. Now, are you going to be staying on in an emeritus-type role or emerita type of a role, um, or are you just... I don't think so. Okay, I, just completely. You know, to let the new person, you know, spread their wings and do whatever they need to do. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, again, uh, we we just, we're going to miss you so much, but we could not be happier for you. I mean, if anybody deserves a new chapter, it's you. It's you. So, uh, oh, thank you. That's very kind. Very, thank very, you. very, very, very well done. Uh, so, um, yeah, the, so tell us about the... Um, this program and the, the Notre Dame, and, and can you sort it all out for us and the model, and they want to study sure. you? Come on, help us out here. This is exciting. How about if I do an intro in these? Uh... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Two ladies, Phyllis and Rachel, who are much <laughs> informed than I am about it. They've been doing creating the study. So several years ago, we decided that we wanted to have um, young people, those youth who are in the child welfare system, system, have an opportunity to have an attorney. Indiana doesn't currently provide that by law, but we certainly saw times when there were young people who were struggling to have their rights known and, to, and their voices heard. And so we started with a very small program, and Rachel came over from the public defender's office to start that. Um, that good work was noticed by University of Notre Dame's LEO, Lab for Economic Opportunities, mm -hmm. and they were looking for a study to look at the effectiveness of counsel for children or young people in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And we just happened to be at the right place, right time, and, and they chose us to be in their study. And so Phyllis and Rachel have been diligently working on the study, which is a really important study, the first of its kind in the nation, on how effective our counsel attorneys for children. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things uh, would, would these children need that they, they, they haven't had up to this point in terms of having an attorney represent them? while they're in the system. Because you would right. think the system would take, you know, the system is designed to, to, to care for them, right? But then no legal representation within that system? Rachel, well, take this one. Sure. So, and this is Rachel. So the system Hi, Rachel. is designed to ideally reunify children with their parents, which is what we want. But unfortunately, a lot of times the Department of Child Services is focusing on the parent and getting the parent services and not as much on the child. No one is reviewing the youth, like with the use of many rights they have. They have rights to participate in extracurricular activities and rights to see their siblings. I was going to ask you some examples of some of the rights. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and nobody's advising them of their rights. Nobody even tells them that they can be in court sometimes. And so these kids, all these things are happening, and these can be 16, 17-year-old kids, and they don't even know what's going on. They don't know mm. why they're not with their parents. They don't know. And, and it really leads to a mistrust in the system because they're not involved at all. And we, you know, don't think that's what's best. It's not procedurally just. So we want youth to be as involved as they want to be and as involved as they feel comfortable being over their life and making life decisions and having as much of a normal life as any other teenager. So what are you finding as as the, the, the program progress? What are you finding as you're, as you're going through this in terms of what the youth want and are doing? 
Yeah, I mean, we find that a lot of times until we're on the case, they're not brought into court, that they don't feel heard, they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not like you you have to tell them everything. Your mom tested positive for the eighth time this month for whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to tell them that, but we can say, you know, your mom is still struggling with an addiction, and that's why. And, And they appreciate, I mean, youth always... Say, I want to know what's going on. Can I come to court? I want to be involved. That's and, yeah. That was the question. Yeah. Do they really want to be involved? They, and I guess they do, especially the most older ones. Yes, yeah, most of the older ones, absolutely. And we're we find that these kids are so intelligent, right? Like, if you can sit down with an older youth and have a calm conversation with them, they make rational, good decisions. And when we discount their opinion and discount their decisions, we're really giving them a bad message about their life and how much we care about their input. So we really want to empower youth to have some input on the decisions made about their lives. So what what are what's the range of this this input and and how that can manifest itself in terms of the decisions they're allowed to make? Well, you know, at the end of the day, the guardian ad litem or the CASA mm-hmm. and the judge and the Department of Child Services and their parents all are arguing for what they each individually believe is in the child's best interest. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the child's best interest, but that can be multiple different perspectives of what the best interest is. And the judge makes the ultimate decision. So if the youth wants to see their sibling, but their sibling, for whatever reason, is a very negative influence on the youth, maybe we don't win that argument. Mm-hmm. But it's more important that we we made that argument and the youth got a fair shot in court so that the youth saw a procedurally just system instead of just having a system where the kid doesn't even get to make an argument, doesn't even get to ask for what they want to ask for, and then doesn't know why things aren't happening well for them. So that's, you know, our goal is for them to be heard, even if sometimes we lose. Yeah. And and the, the odds are stacked against them quite a bit once they leave the system, so to speak, are they not? That's right. Um, Unfortunately, there's poor life outcomes for most, well, many children in the child welfare system, and there's disparities, uh, in particular for black and brown children. They often have worse outcomes. And that's why Notre Dame Lab for Economic Opportunity is so interested in this, because they want to study how um, you know, how we can impact poverty and decrease the chance of kids in the child welfare system living a life of poverty. So how... I mean, what, what, I mean, is it, is it better than 50% or, or seven, you know, a, a larger number? You say it's disproportionate. Uh, the kids who leave the system face, what, uh, unemployment, uh, you know, criminal justice. What, what, what kind of things do they, do they typically face in greater numbers than, than other children who have not been in the system their age? So, Phyllis, so yeah, yeah, yeah you uh, just presented so on this. Um, just a few things that we, you know, learned in um, gathering research that, you know, when compared to their peers in the general population, as in kids that are not in the child welfare system, um, outcomes um, are broad um, and poor um, in terms of their educational outcomes are poor, employment, criminal justice system involvement, and mm-hmm. homelessness. And um, that that is across the country. It's not just Indiana, but it's, it, you know, and so we want to interrupt that wherever we can and however we can. And we're hopeful through our study that we're going to do with Notre Dame by getting involved in the case at the very beginning, as in right after the CHINS petition, the Child Legal Services petition is filed, giving the child a legal advocate at day one will hopefully, number one, 
keep them from going into placements that um, they don't want to be in, residential facilities, group homes, help mm -hmm. find relatives for them if they're not able to stay with their parents. Like doing very proactive things at the very beginning of the mm -hmm. case as opposed to two years into it when they've been moved and had places disrupted four, five, six times and have resulting traumas from that. Well, what about a child that perhaps doesn't want to go back to a parent, even though the court has deemed, uh, or, you know, everything has been, I guess the way has been cleared. I may not be using the proper uh, language, but say, for instance, a child's uh, been in the system. Uh, the parents have been through uh, everything they need to go through and reunification is recommended. And the child is just not uh, wanting to do that. At what age? Do they, they can't do that. They cannot say, I don't want to go back until what age, right? 18 or something like that? Or or is it all, is it younger? Well, I mean, we will advocate for whatever our client, who's the youth, you know, mm -hmm. wants us to okay. advocate for. Okay. So, uh, you know, I definitely have had a, a, a child as young as 10, and we don't represent kids under 10, and this was a very special circumstance, but it was very clear he uh, could not and would not be okay being reunited, and so that's what I advocated for on his behalf. And I have an older kid right now too you know and it's very clear that um, her mental health would be negatively impacted if she were to be returned home so sometimes you know sometimes we're working alongside the department of child services on, you know we want to reunify when we can but if our clients don't feel safe going home sometimes we're advocating for them to stay in relative home or, or foster home even yeah. So, so this this study, this this Leo study at University of Notre Dame. What is um, what's that going to mean uh, going forward? Once it's, uh, you know, and, and how long is it going to be? Do you know before it's completed or? So it's a three-year study. Three, okay, um, three years. Mm -hmm. Yep, and it's a randomized controlled trial. Um, so there'll be um, kids that will be appointed counsel. Will have it'll happen through a randomization process that Notre Dame has a tool for. So at the very beginning of a case, kids that are 12 and up that are involved in, in those cases will be referred to this randomization tool. And they'll be, ultimately, the goal is to have 300 in the treatment group who actually get assigned a lawyer and mm. 300 um, in the uh, control group who will not have an attorney um, assigned to them. And then... Basically, we'll do our work, our representation for however long um, it takes for the children to reach permanency and, and have their case closed, whether that's uh, through reunification or, you know, other ways. Do you know how Notre Dame, uh, you know, did, did Notre Dame explain how they came to 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 child advocates and what, what yeah, or they just read about it, heard about it? Is there a personal connection there or? Well, I, I, I'll just give you just a little bit of my understanding of it. Is I know they have been interested in, in foster care research policy and practice for quite some time because they are very well aware of the you know, core outcomes that that subset of the population has. And they've had their eyes wide open um, for projects and, and things happening. There will be the first randomized control trial that compares attorneys for children versus um, no attorneys. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are eager to do that. Um, they learned of us and we flew uh, about them through a state representative who um, I believe was, was former foster youth himself, and he had been trying to pass some legislation. So I think he attended one of Notre Dame's um, conferences um, about disrupting poverty, and um, he connected mm -hmm. them to us. Yeah. 
Yeah, these kids have a, a you know a lot of times not the greatest head start in the first place when they're put in the system. I mean, you know, it's almost like, you know, when they get into the system, then uh, they get out of the system. It's almost like they're victimized twice in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Right. And we should be doing no more harm, right? We should not be mm. removing children if it causes them more trauma than the actual, you know, removal. We should not be, we should not be doing that. And your audience may, and you may remember, you know, the discussion you've had with Rachel about residential placement facilities. And sometimes when children are brought into the system, particularly black and brown children, and they get into this cycle of placements and then they're in a lockdown facility and, you know, what that can do to them. I think if you remember some of the things that Rachel told you, the stories that we mm-hmm, have of mm-hmm. real life children who are in placements like that and why having an attorney may be an answer for them to get to a more normalized, you know, um, adolescence or mm-hmm. for us as adolescents because we, we have older children. Yeah. So tell me why the, uh, the age range uh, operational uh, guidelines, I guess, why no children younger than 10? Well, it's easier to represent youth who can tell us clearly what they want. But I will say that most states do provide attorneys to all children in the child welfare system. And the National Association of Council for Children has many guidelines and standards, as well as the American Bar Association, for how to represent very young children. But for us, given this is a new concept in Indiana, we felt like it is simpler to represent youth who can express their voice and what they want more clearly than, you know, dealing right now with very young children. Mm -hmm. And, and Gene, it was also a very practical application of how much money we could raise for the capacity, you know, the number Ah. of children Mm -hmm. we could have. So for us, starting the project, that's where we started. We could only get so much funding, so where do we start? And that's when then we looked at, you know, what Rachel wanted to do in terms of what she's just laid out for older youth. Yeah, yeah. Um... So after the three years, then what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hope to we hope to to uh, have legislation to have attorneys for children in child welfare cases. I mean, I think we're going we we believe that we're effective. We we've seen our own data, so we know that there's there are good things that are happening and. We are hopeful that Leo will, um, you know, help us show that to the state legislators and others, other stakeholders, so that we can make sure this is something that every child entering into the system will be able to say they have access to an attorney. So when, when does this begin? When does the research start? Maybe in about a month. I just realized <laughs> today that it's October, so it's yeah. start. In a month in a couple counties, and then slowly adding counties from there. Um, our, you know, the review board at Notre Dame has approved our study. Um, we've met with, you know, ethics attorney, and we're getting ready to go. Are you, are you all excited about that? It sounds like you are. I think you are. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very nervous, as Cindy and Phyllis know, because it's a lot of work. You know, when we represent a client, we don't just add them to a caseload and move on. We have regular communication with them and research and, you know, all the things that any other lawyer would do. And so it's going to be a lot of work, but we're really excited and excited to work along, you know, alongside other stakeholders in mm-hmm. these different counties and hopefully, you know, to benefit children and make sure that children, older youth, feel heard as part of their case in the process. So you say in about another 30 days, uh, mm-hmm. everything will get going? 
That's right. So we've been meeting with judges and outlining, you know, exactly how cases will come to us because they have to be assigned to either the treatment group or the control group Mm -hmm. and making sure, you know, families are randomized together and then, you know, meeting with the researchers who have all kinds of other ways, statistical analysis, ways to think of things and figuring out how to work. But yes, we should be starting with some youth in about a month and slowly adding counties from there. So how how are the judges feeling about this? Uh, any pushback or curi- or uh, or overly curious? I mean, I, I don't know. Judges yeah. are judges are an interesting lot. They are. They are. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes. They are. They well, are. You know, it depends. It depends on the have, judge. Yeah we're, yeah, we're excited. Many of the ones that have signed on um, are have been doing this work for a long time, and they already know, um, you know, the power that an attorney can bring to a party's case, and children are a party to their case. So they're excited um, to, to be a part of this and, and hopeful, I'd say, about what may come from it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, once you get going, well, let's see. We have, a, we have a caller that has a question for you. William, you have a question for our panel? Uh, how are you doing, Ms. Sam? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I have a question for the panel. Okay. Uh, since the majority of the children go to schools in suburban areas, uh, when they leave the school, they have to go back to the same condition that they had prior to going to school. What makes the people that don't have no association within the within the boundaries of the disenfranchised area think that they can make decisions that affect the children? Why why not having the people that know what the problems are make the make the decisions on how to correct the problem? That that is the question. I hope she understands. Uh, would either of you like for William to be a little more clear about what he's asking, or did you get the point? I think I think Rachel can chime in on this, too. I, I think what he's saying is the people who know the child best should be able to help make decisions about that child. And it sounded like, I couldn't quite hear, but it sounded like about schooling. So in the children that we represent, Rachel, can you talk about how you would advocate for where a child goes to school and why, why that would be important to you? As yeah, and attorney. I would just say, I mean, that's exactly why we think kids need lawyers, because they know themselves the best, right? And so we want them to be part of the decision-making about their case. If they know that this school system that they're in, it's, it's not working for them. It's not working for them for whatever reason, and we can find alternative whether it's tutoring, whether it's online school if we have to, whether it's an alternative school program, we want to help them in what they know would be more um, effective learning for them. But, of course, we also have educational liaisons at Child Advocates, which we work with regularly to attend school meetings to make sure that individual education plans are being followed and children are not just being expelled because a teacher is sick of them or for whatever other reason, and making sure that the, the, the youth also know what the clear ex- expectations are them, for them at school. But 
you know, we just don't, we're not coming into a case and saying our personal opinion, because you're right. Like, I don't know. I'm not the one living in my client's shoes. I'm not the one who goes home with them every day. And I'm not the one who sits in the classroom with them. I am there to advocate for what they believe is best for them, what they think would be most effective for them to be a successful citizen and grow up successfully mm-hmm. in our community. Yeah. Yep. Uh, could I ask, uh, can I stand on that, uh, Ms. Tina? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, William. How can, how can uh, the ones that don't have no association overlook the people that are in constant contact with the children? What, what do you mean by overlook? I'm, I'm, I'm not following you here. They're overlooking the parents. Uh, as far as mm. uh, the parents should be involved in the process. Mm. When, that, when possible, though, William, sometimes whenever possible. Yeah, whenever yeah, possible. it's it's not always. Well, I don't want to answer because I don't know what I'm talking. About. I, I will let the panel go ahead and <laughs> and answer this. So. Well, we work very closely closely with the parents and their attorneys because, of course, if our of course, like parents have so many rights in the state of Indiana, and they have a right to family integrity, as does the child. And we want to uphold their rights as well because that's what makes a good justice system. So the parent is always, you know, consulted when it comes to decisions, and especially educational decisions, parents don't lose their rights just because a child is in the child welfare system. Um, But a lot of times it's the alternatives that haven't been identified by anyone because the child doesn't have an attorney, and that's what we want to make sure that there are options. Because parents and children often are on the same page with this school isn't working. And sometimes you're right. I mean, sometimes the parent is not acting in the best interest of the child. They have an adverse interest to the child because they are, you know, abusive in some way or another, and that's why they're in the system. And then it becomes a decision for the judge to make as to whether what the parent wants, if it differs from the child, if, you know, who, who wins. Mm-hmm. Well, William, is there something specific that you're, you're referencing? Yeah, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the Charlie Brown syndrome. The parents could be a perfect parents, but when the child leaves home, he may become Charlie Brown in the classroom, and it doesn't reflect. It doesn't reflect really on the child or his teacher. But when he does something wrong, look like the parents should be the one that is informed of what he's doing, so they can correct them, correct the problem. Well, you know, yeah, but that's that's a very. Uh, there's so there's so many different variations of that, William. That's a very focused. Uh, you're talking about perhaps a child misbehaving to the point where there's intervention, right? And that the that the uh, yeah those who are intervening uh, have the the more more of a say so in terms of what is in the best interest of the child. That's what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, go ahead, go ahead. By very nature of them being in the child welfare system, Mm -hmm. you know, within a couple months, the judge will have had to find that the child is at risk and of of abuse and neglect for the case to stay open. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is a legal finding that the parent has abused and neglected the child. 
So with that, you know, we're, we're obviously not assigning attorneys to anyone. Any kid mm-hmm. who calls mm-hmm. us up and wants an attorney for whatever reason. No, no. Only children Better. who are ch- children in need of services, a legal finding by the court. I, I think what he's saying, though, if I'm not mistaken, William, is that for the child to be assigned to the system, uh, that is uh, leapfrogging over what the parents may or may not want, that the system assigns the child to the system. Is that what you're saying, William? That's exactly. Yeah. His, and his whole, life, his whole life could be ruined by just him, by by him just entering into the system. The child welfare so system. His name is always there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and thank you. Thank you, William. Um, you know that that I I, I thought I, I was under the impression he was getting to a very specific um, set of circumstances. That's not always the 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 set of circumstances that child advocates deals with in this particular lane. Right, but I mean I agree with him that the system is not where we want our kids to be. And no, not at all. Right. I mean, working for permanency, working for reunification, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing whatever we can to push you know, towards that getting out of the system is what we want because the system, get them out of the system. he's right. It's not good. It, and as Cindy said, it can over, you know, it can traumatize a kid just the very just being, in the, being in the system. But it, does, the child is in the system because <clears throat> the parents, but what he's saying is that if the system takes over, the system is leapfrogging over the parents and parental rights and parental responsibilities. But if the parents can no longer handle the situation and the child continually is is uh, running into or running up against uh, involvement within the system, what what can you do? Or what can be done? I mean, is, is at that point, is that a matter of parents' rights being over? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole system, right? That's the system, yeah. You know, over and over and over again cannot, you know, they're still testing positive for very serious substances. And Mm -hmm. they're still, you know, saying that I'm going to hit my kids no matter what and it's fine. And they're leaving real bad bruises, you know, over and over again. And that's unfortunately when sometimes termination of parental Mm -hmm. rights occurs. But God, we hope not to get to that, right? Like, that is not what we want. We want mm-hmm. children to be back with their families. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so this is, a, you know, I, I think this is absolutely, you know, the fact that, that young people, especially the ones that are a little older, uh, will be entitled to legal representation. I just think that that's fantastic. And and so so long, so overdue, so overdue in the state of Indiana. Um, but... You know, there's there's work to be done. You all do t- it's tough. You know, you all do some tough work. Um, and I and my hat is off to each and every one of you for all that you do because this is never ever easy. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Tina, Rachel said she's a little nervous about the project, but you should see her when she wins a case 
or she's getting ready to fight a case, there's no nerves there. <laughs> I'll bet not. I bet it's laser focused on. Uh... That's exactly right. Yeah. And sh- and shouldn't kids have that? Right? Shouldn't kids have someone in the courtroom like that? They absolutely should. They absolutely deserve that uh, in the courtroom and and everywhere. Absolutely. But you know, this is this is just another aspect of uh, of what you do at Child Advocates that is is so exciting uh, and encouraging. Uh, especially for for these children that need it. Uh, And like you say so many times, Cindy, part of the system, a lot of them through no fault of their own. I mean, they just simply, I mean, it's no fault of their own at all. Right. So what uh, what can you share with us as we uh, get ready to wrap up? So what what do you want folks out there to know uh, regarding this segment other than uh, Cindy, you'll be back with us until the end of the year, though, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I think we're going to bring Ante Johnson uh, on to talk about our giving Tuesday, which is a way that people um, Mm -hmm. could help. You know, even a small donation is great to Uh help us out at Mm childadvocates.net. And um, we've just got lots of good programs going on, just, you know, keeping our head down and working on behalf of children. You're going to, you are good. When, when is your last day? Well, we haven't decided that yet. Oh, good, good, good. Well, then we can have we can get another year out of you. Then see, <laughs> no official date. We're good. We're straight. Okay, Rachel, Phyllis, we're good. We're good. So she has right. She hasn't decided on a day. That's all we need to know. And she'll be back at least a couple more times before the end of the year. Uh, well, well, congratulations on the study, um, and thank you all again for all the work you do on behalf of the children. Uh, th- this is exciting, and please keep us posted on how. It's going because this is this is just great news. Great news. Thanks, Thanks so much, Tina. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Thanks we'll talk with you us. soon. Thank you. We'll talk with you soon, and we'll be back with more community connection. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, going into giving and some other things, our next guest with the BBB it fits right in there. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. As we were just saying, um, it, it is October 2nd, first uh, Monday of October, uh, just starting the month of October, starting the fourth and final quarter of the year and all kinds of... We're, we're turning the corner. We're heading into... Uh, what no doubt, as it is every year, season of giving, uh, but also a season of folks trying to take. Uh, as uh, not that they don't try it all year round, but around this time of the year, it gets a little more, um, uh, just a little more intense. So uh, here now to help us navigate those waters, as she always does so beautifully, Jennifer Adamani, uh, Director of Communication for the BBB of Indianapolis, Better Business Bureau of Indianapolis. Jennifer, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am doing quite well, quite well. Everything going okay? Yeah, it's been busy. Uh, it's hard to believe we're in October. I know. But I say that every year, and you think I'd get used to it by now. <laughs> you would think. I would, too. But I, I spe- well, it's, it's, I, I think I would feel a little bit more October-ish-y, if that is such a word. If it were uh, cloudy, cool, wind blowing, leaves blowing. But no. Uh, today is like a nice warm summer day, so um, I, I guess as the weather kind of syncs up with more of what we uh, 
you know, we believe or just just think October is, maybe we'll feel more like October with the weather. Yeah. Yeah. I know that leaves are starting to change, but you're right. The weather part of it kind of needs to synchronize. Not too much because I still want to keep playing uh, golf until it gets too cold. So not not too, too, too much. Hey, you got uh, you got a lot here for us today. Um, The first one I want to I want to get to um, this happened to me two days ago. Two days ago, was was today? Today is Monday. Three days ago. Three days ago, okay? And um, I was in the car. Well, anyway, okay, here it is. The scam alert from the BBB is Grandma Help. Um, emergency scams uh, take advantage of loved ones. So, um, and it says here, scammers impersonate friends or family members and trick worried people into wiring money to help with the fake emergency. This actually happened to me about three days ago. I was in the car, and I kept getting these calls. Um and the uh, the caller finally st- I, d- I didn't answer because it said uh, possible scam. Then uh, the caller text and said, "Hey, mom, uh, uh, pick up, please. It's uh, I forget who he said it was. It's Mo. I need you to pick up." Uh, and um, so I handed my phone to somebody. It was my my daughter, and I handed it to the back seat. I said, "Block that number," uh, because I don't know who Mo or whoever it was is. Ma is Mo. Ma, hang, uh, you know, pick up. I need you to pick up. It's an emergency or whatever. So, um, I just had him uh, just block it because I I realized I recognized it for what it was. But some of these Jennifer are really really good because I remember several years ago, about four or five years ago, my mother. Um, got a call and it said grandma and they said yeah this is this is grandma well i need you to send me two hundred dollars i'm in tennessee and this this is your granddaughter and at the time um she said well what are you doing in tennessee uh and she called out you know my my uh my niece's name and she and the, the woman said something and she said, well, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. What what kind of trouble are you in? What's going? See, she kept talking to her. And then my father came, um, you know, came out from the, the den and said, let me ha-. he he heard the conversation. He said, hang up that phone. This is not, you know, this is not our granddaughter and so on and so forth. But it worried my mother to no end because she thought and then she finally called my niece. And my niece said, what? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But what I'm saying is some of these calls, they can make it very, very real because they can call the actual name of the person. Absolutely. And that's what I mean. First of all, who wants to get a phone call hearing that you your family member or a friend mm-hmm. is in a dire situation? Right. And you, it, and often you have scammers that will utilize tactics that get your adrenaline going so you're not thinking clearly because your emotions are heightened. Exactly. And this is exactly what this is, where uh, you instinctively want to help, help. out the person you that help. you love. Yeah. Exactly. And then to the example that you gave, they they can start off generic of this is your daughter, your, your, your grandson, mm-hmm. thinking that you will insert some of those uh, blank spaces. And that's exactly, that's exactly what my mother did because she said, well, what are you doing? And then she called my niece's name. And she said, then, then they went off with it. And then my father, you know, he, he, he was hearing it for whatever reason. And he, he got very upset. So just hang it up. It's a scam. And that was five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, well, and other times what they'll do is they'll take information people are posting online on the social media uh-huh. that are public to then make it sound more convincing. So right. it's, uh, you're, you're 
if you have a family member that's posting they're on vacation somewhere, they might say, well, while we're on vacation, I got arrested for drunk driving or, mm-hmm. or something that they need money quickly to get out of the jam. Mm-hmm. So, so Jennifer, not me, and we'll pin that in just a second, but what is the social media message there? Because people are drawn, and I, I am very, very, very selective. I, I just don't engage a whole lot. I use it as a resource a lot of times, but I simply just do not engage a whole lot in social media. I just don't. Uh, and I probably should a lot more. I mean, I do what I need to do for work and here and there and everything, but every step that I take and every move that I make, no, I don't document that on social media. So what, what do you, you know, what, what do you say to people who simply love engaging in social media and they'll say, Hey, look at us on the beach or look at us right here. Hey, we're driving down the highway on our way to the beach. Uh, we just left the house. You know, what do you say to people in terms of posts like that, that are just innocently engaging? You gotta be careful. I mean, if, again, if you're going on vacation somewhere, don't post it while you're actually on vacation. If you're, if you want to share your experience, post do it after home. you're back home. Uh-huh. So then that way it's like the scam does come up. People know you're well. You're already back from that vacation, so I know that's not happening. Or I, I know uh, there are times where people might see that and want to go rob your house because they know you're not home there. So being careful about when you post about it, your privacy settings. I, I recommend keeping it to your your friends that you're connected with, not public. Mm-hmm. Again, for reasons that once you put it out there. People can uh, search the internet, you know, data mine, use that, sell it to who knows, uh, to then perpetuate scams, steal your identity. And then when you do connect with people on social media, make sure you actually know them. And it's not just because you're trying to uh, get more likes or, or follows, but you just mm-hmm. really have to be really careful. But it is, it is tricky because a lot of businesses engage in that way. A lot of people are trying to become influencers and get following. But you have to really navigate it very carefully so that way you're not putting yourself in danger of um, being your identity being stolen. Oh, everybody wants to be a social targeted. media. Yeah, everybody wants to be a social media influencer. They think that you can be a millionaire overnight by being a social media influencer. Doesn't work yeah. that way. Anyway, that's another sh- that's another show. <laughs> so, uh, so this how the it, 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 again exp- how the scam works and what people should do to uh, uh, to to spot it and to keep it from uh, affecting them, keep from getting drawn into it. So know the signs. When we, when we covered some of those. I think too it's also uh, scary that you know this thing has been already um, scary enough. But the FCC recently warned that. Scammers are using clone or voice cloning techniques. Oh, make- AI. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Just by taking a little bit of the person's oh. voice off the video, again, that they posted on social media that might be public. So there's oh. that layer now added to it. Um, certainly, we had a situation a couple of years ago where someone was woken up in the middle of the night and they were told that their, their mother was there, held at gunpoint, and if they didn't give money, they would... Uh, kill the kill the mother, but then they had someone else in the background screaming as if they were the mother, trying to make it that much more realistic. So it can it can take oh. all shapes and forms. So oh. trust trust your gut in a sense of of understanding to assess the situation. Hang up the phone. Don't give out information that could feed into the fact that that they could legitimize their their claims. Call your family member directly, but not the phone number that you were reached because they could the uh, Spoof the number. You might be calling back the scammer itself, mm-hmm. uh, and then call call someone. 
that you trust to say, do you know where this person is? Have you heard about this? But if you end up falling for it or sending money, do not do it through wire money. Don't do cryptocurrency, any cash apps, anything that you cannot get that money back if you realize that your loved one is safe and sound. So AI, which sounds eerily close to exactly uh, who it is. So a lot of people are using AI now to get voices off of video. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, there's there's benefits to it, uh, but mm. there's every benefit. There comes um, some scary things that come out of it, too, that you just have to really on guard. About. Yeah. So this there there's that, yeah. Boy, it's, it's become a lot more sophisticated since the one that... Um, Grandma helped me with my 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 mother several years ago, and but the one it, they they wouldn't stop calling my phone. They just started texting and saying, "Mom, it's Mo. You know, I need you to and pick you did, up." Huh? And you did the right thing by not answering, blocking it. Uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes people might want to pick up to let the person know, "I'm not the person you're looking for." Mm-hmm. But again, they're just trying to get you to answer on the other end because once they have you, then they're going to try all their tricks to get you to, to fall for something yeah yeah well please be on the lookout for that so like we were saying i mean we're you know tis tis about to be the season jennifer we know um and uh it it, it just escalates i won't say that it doesn't happen all year round because you're here with us and we know it happens year round but it does tend to escalate right around this time of the year does it not it does. The scammers know that is the season for shopping for the holidays, and so they're they're chomping at the bit to to get people to fall for their 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 scams. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, this next uh, alert from the BBB uh, scam alert: social media discount code shopping scam. Uh, how does how does that one work? Yeah. So this is interesting. Where uh, BBB scam tracker has received reports. Uh, this one making its rounds on TikTok, but it could probably happen on any other um, social media platform. So it, the, the premise is you have someone who says that they were fired and they didn't deserve to be fired, but they were working at like a high-end jewelry store. Mm-hmm. And because they're so angry about losing their job to get their revenge on their employer, they're going to give out a top-secret employee discount to anyone who wants it that will give you up to 100% off of the merchandise. <laughs> Well, that's free. That's 100% off. Does anybody realize 100% off means you can have it? Right. That's crazy. Right. Who gives 100%? Uh, and, well, that's what they're saying. It's, a, only, it's an exclusive code that only employees know. But now that I've been fired and I shouldn't have been fired, I'm going to do this oh, to get back to my employer. And, okay, okay. But the only, while the jewelry's free, you just have to pay for shipping. So there's always a catch <laughs> there. <laughs> and so when people are have been reporting this, they'll notice that they'll the the shipping costs will vary and and disproportionately based on how many things you put in the cart. So let's say it was two dollars for one thing and then you put another thing went up to twenty dollars and then it went back to and so there's no consistency there. Uh, they would only list an email address, so any contact information from the business was missing. And then, then if they place their order, either they didn't receive anything or it was some cheaply made knockoff rather than that high quality jewelry that they are they're claiming to be. So it's um, it's again a new new spin on trying to get people to do online shopping scams. And with this one, it's jewelry today, but it could be another high priced item later like electronics or designer handbags, different mm. premises. 
So this is one where, again, you really want to be careful when they when something seems too good to be true because they really love to draw you in with, with that kind of a situation. Is the, the biggest red flag on this one the shipping cost that you have to pay? I, that and, and that it would be 100% off. And personally for me, if it was someone who really was trying to get revenge on their ploy, I don't know if I want to be participant in that. No. So that's kind of a employer-employee dispute. I don't think that's really ethical to, to do that, even though you might get something out of it. But um, so anytime that they say 100% free, except for the shipping, you got to be careful about those claims. 100% free. That that makes no sense to me. I, I, I would laugh at that. That would be a red flag to me, 100% free, and then you got to pay for the shipping. But you're right. That's between you and your employer. I don't need to get a part. I don't need to be a part of that beef. So why are you right. why are you offering it to me? And I guess people should question, well, why are you offering it to me? You know, what what do I have? So anyway, uh, the, the next one um, that you talk about, pe- people are using this way of paying for things less and less but still people are writing checks so what is uh the alert regarding protect yourself from check washing so check washing is where someone steals checks from mailboxes and then they alter it to household chemicals to um, remove the dollar amount and who the recipient of that check is made Mm, out to put in a larger dollar amount, make it out to themselves or, mm-hmm. or some front that they could get it. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. Checks are not as popular as they once mm-hmm. were, but people still use them, especially if you're a business owner. Businesses use, still use checks. Mm-hmm. And these happen to everyone, consumer or business, but I do think they might tend to go toward the businesses because they're used to yeah. writing larger amount checks. Yeah. But this is where you, you want to be careful um, about where you're placing that in the mail, um, what kind of, even the kind of ink that you're using. There's uh, gel inks, which could be harder to remove. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what you want to do is get that, get that ink and then rather putting the check in the mailbox and putting the flag up overnight or putting it in the outside drop-off post office box, walk into the post office and use the lobby mail slot instead. It's harder to tamper with, um, Mm -hmm. especially after hours. Uh, If you're going to be out of town and let's say you're expecting a check to be coming in the mail, you can put your mail on hold so it's not delivered until you return. There's even the option of adding some visible cameras near your mailbox uh, to help monitor that or even intimidate people from not messing with your mailbox because mm-hmm. they would be caught on, on camera. And then with anything, you want to be checking your, your account regularly. You want to check to make sure that no one's cashing fraudulent checks from your account. No one, You're not getting charged for free shipping for jewelry that you got for free that maybe it was more than they promised it would be. Uh, all every time, keeping an eye on your on your finances can really help stop fraudulent behavior from occurring as opposed to it occurring over time and it's slipping through the, the cracks. So um, anytime that you notice there's suspicious activity, you want to go ahead and, and let your bank know right away and then report it with a Pulse Inspection Service, a local police department, and let us know at BBB2 that you came across this type of scam attempt. And what was this, um, when we went from, like, I think the year 2019, uh, there was an admonition to write out the year from now on because of 
some form of check writing. So instead of writing, uh, say, for instance, on your check 619.20, write 619.2020 or 619.2021. Write the full uh, year out because of uh, the ability of thieves to alter that. Are you? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you think about it, until the year 2100, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have two zero. And so, so anytime you have two zero, uh, you could put it. Well, it might be easier now because you have 23. Yeah. It's really easy to manipulate it to make it a different year exactly. rather than just the 2020. Yeah. So anytime you can, write it out, uh, spell it out. Any, like I would, I would put right at October mm-hmm. 2nd, number 2, 2023. Um, as opposed to the number 10, because it's, it's easier to manipulate numbers than it necessarily is letters. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do still write a couple of checks here and there because you just you just, it's just good to have them and good to use checks once in a while. But I, you know, since then, I have started writing out uh, the entire year uh, because... Uh, it's safer. It's supposed to be a whole lot safer. So, so, uh, so, Jennifer, what do folks need to be aware of now? You know, going going forward until we talk to you again. Just uh, uh, the these are the the three that came to mind. Anything else uh, out there that you know might soon become a problem or is becoming a problem that you know of? Well, I mean, pointing out what you said earlier, we're probably see a lot more online shipping attempts or uh, online shopping scam attempts, even charity scam attempts as we're getting into that year of giving uh, because it's, it's that time of year. So when you're online, social media, if you see something that looks really enticing or really unique product and you want to click on it, uh, think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Actually, even before this call, my mother called me. She's like, I saw this thing on, on Facebook and I went to, cause it said they had like a 90% offer really high thing and wanted to know if it was legitimate. So she called me about it and sure enough, it was a fake account on social media that using the name of an actual retailer so that you're going to start seeing that happen a lot more mm. where you know people are out there trying to get those gifts for for their loved ones mm. just be on the lookout and pay attention you know the, the the best thing folks can use is their instincts too you know because more times than not your instinct isn't going to fool you <laughs> You're going to be right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. Uh, This is uh, this has been this has been really insightful. So I appreciate it and looking forward to talking with you again. Likewise. Thank you so much. Okay, you take care. And that's all of the time we have for right now. Don't want you to forget, though, uh, you can now apply for your absentee vote by mail ballot. Go to indianavoters.in.gov. Free COVID test kits now available for the general public. Go to covid.gov test. You can get four free test uh, kits uh, free of charge. The government's going to I think this week they're starting to uh, mail those kits out, mail those tests out so you can get them free of charge so go ahead and uh, while the uh, supplies last uh, again this Sunday right here on AM 1310 95.1 FM WTLC FM hot 100.9 and our website's a live mayoral debate between incumbent Democratic Mayor Joe Hoxett and his GOP challenger Jefferson Shreve uh, shortly after the debate we are hoping to have a roundtable discussion of likely voters uh, in terms of who uh, just saw that debate and yeah Likely voters who just saw the debate uh, in terms of what they thought of that. We're going to try to get that uh, pulled together as well. I think we're going to do it. I know we're going to do it. I know we're going to do it. Anyway, 
Um, that's all the time we have for right now. More details coming up tomorrow. With each passing day, we'll get more details for you. Uh, in the meantime, we're always Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration. Don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow, as always. Until then, be safe and be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.